when I first came to New Zealand, which was was two thousand and eight, um, my introduction to Wellington on the plane was watching both series of Flight of the Concords and Eagle versus Shark on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, you were set. You were totally set. So I got here. I was like, Sure, bro. I was ready to go. <laughs> so, everything I needed was to know a- about Wellington, I learned on that flight. Um, it, it was yeah. either that. It was either that, or I'm not going. I'm not moving. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Jump off. Yeah. Music, movie, madness. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Music, Movies, and Madness, uh, the show that delves into the past and uh, hopefully uncovers a few forgotten gems or uh, undiscovered memories uh, and uh, also gives us a chance to kind of um, just reminisce and have a good chat really. So Can I just say Martin, some memories are best left undiscovered. True. Just saying. Yeah. Having, <laughs> yeah. Months and, of therapy. And <laughs> this and, is and, therapy. And, but mostly we finished with a happy ending. <laughs> I wish I could remember. <laughs> That's not the sort of podcast we run here, Ben, but... No. <laughs> yeah. oh, so... so with me tonight, as usual, we have uh, Mr. David Chan, Mr. Ian, and Mr. Glenn. Evening, guys. <laughs> I Why love am that I the only up. one that gets the surname <laughs> treatment? It happened know, last week. Because you're the oldest. You I love the fact that <laughs> the, um, uh, we don't get a name, Mr. Ian and Mr. Glenn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and, it, if, and if it was David, it would be Mr. Chan. It wouldn't yeah. be Mr. David. Everybody knows where you live. <laughs> We're still pretty anonymous. <laughs> anyway. anonymous about this. It's, like, it's an open, it's open book. It is, yeah. Water Hunting water. season. Right. So this evening, we are discussing the year 2007. Finally bringing it into the noughties. Oh, yeah. Thank God for that. Yeah. It felt like we were dinosaurs for a while there. <laughs> yeah. 1970, 1967, 1975, or whatever it was. So what? What age were we in 2007? Christ, 20. 31. <laughs> yeah. 31. <laughs> 31. Yeah. 31. 31. 31. Wow. Dirty 30s. The dirty 30s. Mm. Did, wow. did any, any of you guys go through a thrysis? What did you say? Did you guys, any of you guys have thr- arthritis right. in your 30s? A 30s you crisis. Uh, a midlife uh, crisis in your 30s. Oh, no, no, no. I had mine at the appropriate time of 25. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why is that appropriate? Course of life crisis. Um, yeah, that's, oh, that's much more appropriate. Um, no, no, no. I had crises all around me, um, but certainly not, um, not, not, in, not in my 30s. No, no, no personal crisis. Well, I suppose so. Yeah, maybe there was. <laughs> I don't know. It's a while ago, eh? We can edit this out. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, 2007. So it was kind of a strange year, I found, uh, for, kind of, um, for kind of like real classic albums. There wasn't a lot of like particularly standout classic albums from really that year but um really? but i thought really? there was a lot of like 
a lot of gems, little undiscovered gems that year. There was, was a lot of good albums that year. I'll make that we have differential sent. now. We have to see. Yeah. Well, Glenn's not, not, not He's not seen it your way. No, he's not amused. He's got the pitchfork out. Amused. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Well, we're going to kick off tonight. I think with we're going to start with the music this week. I think Yay. we'll go the other way around, right? So, yeah. Um, any volunteers who wants to kick us off tonight? Don't all volunteer at once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we we all collectively did the New Zealand thing. It's going to have to be like school oh day. I'm just oh going to have to pick someone. Right. Okay. <laughs> Right. Glenn, you can go first. Right. Well, I thought that was a nice little seg. Thank you, David. Um, when I mentioned before, we always finish with a happy ending. And um, the album I've chosen today is named Happy Ending. Um, mm. And it's I'm delighted to be in 2007 um, because, you know what, this Happy Ending album was such a gem and it still is. And I love it to bits. It's by Local Heroes, the Phoenix Foundation from Wellington. Um, Phoenix Foundation, oh gosh, have been, they formed in 1994 at Wellington High. Um, you know, so really local and tremendously interesting band. Um, so uh, basically three friends decided to form a band, found some like or interests um, in common. And then um, that, they're still going today, which is fantastic. So Happy Ending was their third album um, and certainly, certainly got a bit more of a major label push than any of their other ones prior to that. Um, it was I recorded. Remember, I remember yeah. you going through a massive Phoenix Foundation. Phase. Look, you know what? I still do. Um, for me, it was like discovering, wow, I've got, a favorite band and they're not this favorite band that live in the middle of you know the uk or mm. um france or um you know the cool, united cool states and, well and and these were people that were making really cool music here um in wellington and the fact is i could go and see them quite regularly they would pop up on like you know mm. um performances in the park and then um then they would also be doing sellout um you know tours through new zealand and um like that at the opera house and other places like that as well as san fran and um cuba street so i got to see them basically from a band of sort of you know you know guys about our age just a little bit younger than us but not by much going through that patch where they were trying to do some really complicated stuff on stage and not having roadies because uh, they couldn't afford them and having to because <laughs> it was quite ramshackled trying to get all the equipment working and everything like that but mm. now super slick because they're you know in a way slightly middle-aged um statesman in terms of new zealand music um they're they still going yeah absolutely so last i think it was last year they put out an album called friendship um which was looking back at you know a little bit looking back and um uh, looking at their history over the years eh? so that was quite cute um yeah it was a really cute album actually um happy ending um certainly probably not my most favorite favorite album of theirs that's probably buffalo um but it's got all of the you know quintessential sort of traits um of um the phoenix foundation 
Um, you know, it's dreamy, it's structured, understated, subtle. Um, there's a an element of sort of that maybe a little bit of tripped out psychedelia in there, but lots of synths. Bit of Floyd. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> prog rock epics in there as well. So all of these things, like, well, you know, for me it was like, wow, cool, and reasonably indie at that point. Not so much now. Um, and really, with you know, the lyrics were hilarious. Actually, they, they didn't take themselves particularly seriously. Um, lots of self-deprecating New Zealand humour. Um, references to Johnsonville and Mount Victoria and songs. Um, so it's kind of funny, but also really, really cool. Um, and I know, David, you're a fan of jangly guitar pop. Mm. And so am I. And guess what? There's loads of that in here as well, which is... Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just thought the name alone was hilarious back in the day as well, the Phoenix Foundation. Um, and Pop Quiz, where would they have got that name from? It was in one of those, um, was it a Knight Rider? Close, close. Oh, one of those, or oh, 18 or something like that. MacGyver. Remember Fat on Pete? Form. Remember Fat Pete? Oh, God. You know, yeah, yeah, it, it was that, that funny organization, <laughs> that Fat Pete. Yes. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Anyway, they, you know, so they named themselves after the Phoenix Foundation, which is um, hilarious in itself. So loads of pop culture references. And yeah, um, so I've been following them since 2005. So I was delighted when Happy Ending came out because it was freaking awesome from start to finish. And it had all of those genres all packed into it. Um, now, the songs I've selected for um, our little snippets. Uh, the first one is 40 Years. I'm your man From December I only wish I could remember All the lights or the cars and the streets They blind me to the spot and then knock me off my feet I'm feeling the stagnation but it's just a fabrication Born out of my primary vocation 40 years 40 years 40 years 40 years sort of guitar pop um referencing a whole bunch of you know i don't know just elements of sort of new zealandish um and i've never like, heard of these guys until last week really yeah when oh, you yeah, put your you, suggestion and yeah. I thought, I'll listen UK, to it. you were in the uk weren't you mm. during this time ian yeah i was gonna yeah. say did they did they cross over to did they break through at all in anywhere else well, or were they yes, just well well yeah um Happy Ending got them quite a lot of credit and um, a lot of good album mainstream. Yeah, well, yeah, mm. they are tremendous musicians. I mean, mm. on this album, Sam Scott does most of the words in this one. Um, however, the, the band themselves uh, create the music, um, and it was recorded at the surgery 
um, in Wellington. I think one of the heroes of the album is actually the producer, Lee Preble, um, who's a magnificent producer. And I think some of it was recorded at the Wellington Car Club as well because uh, that was the band practice room and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Mm. Um, yes, when Buffalo came out, um, Buffalo got a five-star rating in The Guardian um, in the UK. So immediately that went, oh, a lot of people pricked up their ears, especially in mm. the UK, and they were on Jules Holland, um, oh, okay. which, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, you, you I'll, kind I'll of post kind of cross like that, and that, like I came over here, I hadn't heard of them yeah. until I got here, and then by that time they'd gone, you know. So it's like, um, moved over. Yeah. Jules Holland can... is a man, he's oh, a man. Yeah. yeah, he is. He, he discovers all the stuff. The later with Jules Holland show, I remember that used to be on TV here from time to time. He's and a I... muso, isn't he? Himself. Yeah, fabulous. yeah he was... fabulous. And a pianist. fabulous, yeah, amazing piano player. Yeah, it was in Squeeze, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, they appeared on that, and it was like, holy shit, these guys are going to go big places, and then it didn't, um, for whatever reason, a whole range of reasons. You know, you know what the music industry's like, guys. It's pretty fickle. Um, that and was it was a didn't... tough time. Oh, just any got... time. Well, you've got iTunes were coming online then, right? And you've got the whole commoditization of of music and and sort of. Mm all the catalogs were being put out for next to nothing and musicians yeah. were, were losing um, money. And they put it, the album that followed this um, a Buffalo um, was Fandango. And, you know, it looked like, you know, it seemed like the album that was going you know, to break them open, but it, it certainly didn't. And um, then they came home and went into sort of, um, you know, they went their separate ways and then they came back and did an album called Give Up On Your Dreams. Um, <laughs> Which is <laughs> it's a very, very funny song, tongue in cheek about hey, you know, we did we make it? No, we didn't. Oh well, maybe we should just give up on our dreams. And if you just and there was this philosophy through the record, which was if you just give up on your dreams and just get on with life, everything gets better. <laughs> <laughs> so this very New Zealand sort of humor. Sound um, advice. Good yeah. advice to yeah. the kids. Um so 40, yeah. 40 years. Definitely got that humour in there, and there's some great hooks. Um, the second album I've chosen is called Gandalf, um, and Gandalf is um, much more proggy. Um, lots of synths, guitar-y parts at the end, and certainly dreamy and ethereal and lots of harmonies.
yeah. got a really cool album cover, eh? Yeah, yeah, I've got a giant. That catches cover. your eye, man. Yeah, mm. I've got a giant-sized poster. I went into the record shop and I said, look, nice. what's happening to these posters afterwards? And they're like, oh, you can have that one. We'll just finish the promotion. So I've still got that giant poster of um, Happy Ending. I um, love albums that have good covers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Part I think of the is, package, right? I yeah. think this is probably one of the best covers, if I had to think about it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh, I think they got extra props for um, – they did – they they were opened for they went on that split ends tour, David, that you and I went and saw. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they opened there, um, and also they opened for Jarvis Cocker when he came to New Zealand as well. And yeah. he thought they were fab, so he went back to the UK and talked them up as well. And it was coincided all around that Buffalo time. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and there's a nice link into my movie as well later, um, which is because um, guess who did the score for the music for that movie? It was the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah. So not only are they really accomplished themselves, but they also produce. Um, they've done, they also did uh, Hunt for the World of People and Boy, um, two amazingly cool Taika Waititi movies. And again, that, that humor and that score from the Phoenix Foundation all the way through it, eh? So they're by far probably, I'm gushing, but why not? <laughs> this is what, yeah, I, this is, you know, this is your chance, eh? Yeah. Um, to go and to do that. So for me, um, yeah, just love it. And there's this big Floydy song at the end, Omerta as well, which is an instrumental. And you listen to it and you go, oh my God, it's like kind of one of these days sort of without the scariness. Um, yeah. And it's just there's a lot of tracks on the album. Yeah, I suppose there are. Um, there was a couple that were missed. How many only one? 12, 12. Not too bad. 51. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, just really fun. Um, good album. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So for me, it's a, it's a bona fide New Zealand classic. Um, um, so, yeah, I chose this one because it had – Super memories associated with it, going to shows and hanging out with friends and stuff like that, and listening to this heap same. So yeah, good times. Excellent, hmm. David. What do you got for us this week? Well, okay, sticking with the uh, New Zealand theme because it is Kiwi Music Month um, mm-hmm. last two days. So I went for an album that Glenn you introduced me to back in 2007 and i remember you saying to me this is possibly the best fin thing that had been released in a very very long time um and it's i'll be lightning by liam finn i agree that was a terrific Uh, record and so i went and got the album and uh yeah i gotta say it, it is an amazing debut album for anyone let alone um the son of Neil Finn, you know, living up to sort of the dad. And dad obviously features on this um, in a few places. But this is really a, a one-man band sort of gig. Um, Liam does pretty much everything on this. He does, obviously, the vocals. He writes the music. He does the vocals. He's done some of the drums. Um, his dad plays bass. Um, and if you've seen Liam perform, um, and he was the first guy I saw using a loop pedal. Yes. Back in 2008, yeah, yeah. I think, at Barbadega here in Wellington. 
um i think it was around 2008 and he was performing a lot of the songs off this album and yeah just watching how how he basically pulled it all together and layered each instrument on top of one another um was phenomenal and and of course it wears after you that, out it wears yeah, you out watching. well yeah yeah he's <laughs> he's got immaculate um an immaculate ear right for for how to layer and and so this album um is uh is packed with goodness it has it's a, it's quite a heavy <laughs> album it's quite a um it's a it's a pop album but it's quite heavy in terms of the the production um a lot of electronica a lot of um yeah electronic bass and um very um you know the the drums are in a couple of the tracks like um better to be for example the the drums are right at the front of the mix Second Chance is another uh, another song on there, mm, which is mm. I think about a failed relationship. Ripper chorus um, starts off, you know, it's the it's the quiet sort of verse, you know, the quietish verses and the absolute Ripper chorus that just hits you, um, uh, which is another track I'll put on. Do you need, do you need to prove the woman that you turn to? Chance. 
I really think if you haven't heard of um, Liam Finn, if you're out there and you haven't heard of him or if you haven't heard much of him, this is a really good place to start off, of course, because it's his debut album. Um, it did really well in the in the charts here and overseas, and it mm. um, it was rated really highly by um, uh, what is it? The album made number forty two in Q's fifty best albums of the year. Um, it's yeah, uh, I certainly yeah. heard it for the first time certainly while I was in the UK. So yeah, it, it definitely did make a splash over there as well. I do remember. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think the performances which won, won people over because he was doing, he'd start off on guitar and then loop that up a bit and then finish Wasn't, the track and then finish the track on drums. Um, so, you know, that's pretty cool. Wasn't he on Jules Holland as well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, bloody Jules, man. He's awesome. Loved that. I was think it. I saw him on this. Yeah. If, if I lived in the UK, it would be compulsory yeah. viewing each week. And it was always mm. on, the thing with it was, it was always on a Friday night and it was always on like really bloody late. It was like 11.30 or something. It would start, but you just have to stay <laughs> up and watch it. <laughs> Even if you had work the next day, you had to stay up and watch Jules Holland because you just knew it was going to be a, a great show. And every week, you know, even if it was an act you didn't really like, you still mm. gave him props for being on Jules Holland. Yeah, big time, eh? Mm. Um, one of the secret weapons on that album, David, is his mate, Conan Moccasin. Yeah. Um, so big shout out to Conan. I mean, one of the quirkier, weirder songs, which I love to bits, is the title track, I'll Be Lightning. Um, mm. And it's quirky as, I think there's an auto harp in it as well. Um, all, my, all electrified, eh? Which is quite entertaining. Mm. And um, it's quirky as hell. Um, and that's so uh, that quirkiness of him working with his friends um certainly came through um so what yeah, was the album called i'll be I'll lightning be light- i'll be lightning um yeah it's really it's a wacky track but i love it to bits mm. but with the whole out so uh, i remember seeing something seeing him being interviewed somewhere and he said look he made this album just because he wanted to make the album he had some songs he wanted to put out he didn't really it took him a while he didn't he didn't rush it uh he just did it for himself and and it was you know commercially it was quite successful it reached number seven here in new zealand 13 um picked at 13 on the uk charts um which is not too shabby 46 in the us so a bit tougher over there but um you know and i th- was i think his follow-up was fomo his follow-up to this mm-hmm. I, I bought fomo and i just didn't I, I liked it and there's certainly some nice tracks on there but i i really like the um the variety you get on Albi Lightning. Uh um he really does showcase he's obviously learned a lot from his from his from his father and his uncle, dare I say it. Um and his uh, brother. And, and his brother, Alroy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I love the way that they kind of, of even though they do their own separate projects and stuff, and now they've kind of like kind of amalgamized it all into a bit into crowded house and it's become more of a family band yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love the fact that they still kind of do go off and, and do their side projects and stuff you know separately yes. and, and so mm-hmm. varied as well you know i mm. wish they would do another thin brothers album i, I love that album mm. um mm. and uh, you know i saw uh, i saw liam live with crowded house in 2008 yep. oh yeah uh, after they'd done the time on earth and that was at hyde park in london yeah um and yeah same deal like remember seeing him with the loop pedal and stuff and thinking oh that's really cool like <laughs> never yeah. kind of really seen that happen before like at least not you know not in a no, setting like no. that 
Um, no, it sort of really made a made a splash that that sort of that was different, and it was a um, it was catchy. The fact that he played guitar and then he smashed out the drums after. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty fun. And he had did he have um, EJ with him? I can't remember to be honest. Um, he, no, I think it was was it Matt that was drumming for them at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, who who kind of. I, I I don't know what happened there, but he's he's no longer with Crowded House, and Elroy's kind of taken over, isn't he? Drums, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it was a great gig. Um, obviously they played all the classics, but um, I really enjoyed that album as well. Time on Earth, it's a good Crowded House mm-hmm. album. Um, yeah. Intriguer, I didn't like as much, but Time on Earth, I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, nice. it must be hard in the, such a a family of. Degree over overachievers, overachievers. It, it must be. It must be hard though to to forge your own way without sort of like, uh huh. Your dad did it for you. It reminds um, me of the uh, Ian Jury and the Blockheads song. There ain't half been some clever bastards. <laughs> Damn straight, man. That's pretty cool, right? Um, That's me. That's me. Excellent. Good help. Thanks. Uh, okay, I'm going to go next. Why not? Um, so it might be New Zealand Music Month, but sorry guys, I, I had to pick that, that, a, a UK album this week. I don't, I don't think that was any driver, was it this no. week? To, to, no, it's just no, coincidental. Just, just coincidental, I think. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm going with a with an album from my home. So um, I've chosen an album that didn't do particularly well, didn't get a lot of press, but uh, it's an album that I love. Dearly. Um, and it's by Ian Hunter. Now, those of you who might be wondering who Ian Hunter is, he was the lead vocalist and guitar player and piano player for Mott the Hoople in the 70s. Um, lots of links to lots of other bands going on there. So had um, Bowie influences, worked with Bowie, did All the Young Dudes, which was kind of like one of their biggest, their biggest songs, really. Um, Mick Ronson played guitar with, with Ian Hunter through most of his career, um, not only with Mott, but also solo as well. Um, I'm not the biggest Mott the Hoople fan. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> not really. I wasn't, I liked, I, I love 70s rock, but that's kind of a bit too glam. I'm going to have to, I, I don't know who you're talking about either. Who? Mott the Hoople? Mott the Hoople? What do you mean, David God, hang on, give me a second. Give yourself a second. <laughs> Mate, when you said, Ian, you won't know who Ian Hunter is, maybe not, but you'll know who these guys are. I'm thinking, better chance with Ian Hunter. <laughs> you, you know a what song the... called, do you know a song called All the Young Dudes? All the Young Dudes. No. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Right. Oh, yeah. the tune. It, it was a yeah. Bowie song, yeah. but yeah. not the whole oh, did, did it. And it became this massive hit. Oh. Um, very, so, so very funny song. Ian Hunter's the lead vocalist. Was the lead vocalist with Mott the Hoople. But oh. saying that, this album was his 11th solo album um, in the years after Mott the Hoople kind of packed up and went away. Um, and although he had some success with like his first two solo albums, he then kind of like just released stuff and it did okay. Um, he had like a devoted following at that point, but. It never kind of really broke through. And then he kind of had a bit of a renaissance. He hit his 60s. Uh, put this in context, the guy's 82 now. 
Um, wow. And unfortunately, yeah. he's not can't perform anymore. He's got really bad tinnitus, oh. so um, it, it really affects his singing and, and how he kind of hears on stage. But um, up until fairly recently, he was still performing. Uh, this album, yeah, 2007. Right. The album's called Shrunken Heads. <laughs> and um, the reason for me it resonates with me is I guess at that time in my life, at, at, at 2007, I'd just come out of a very long-term relationship and was solo, single, and living on my own, I think for the first time properly for any length of time. Um, and um, this album, it's kind of, although it's, it's a slightly political album. It talks a lot about America, um, and sometimes in, in kind of discreet ways, and other times in really kind of in-your-face ways, um, and about the problems with, with America and big corporations. And it was a bit prophetic in terms of, like, the whole Trump thing. It kind of, like, predicted that coming um, mm-hmm. in some of the, some of the songs. Um, but I found it's also a really kind of melancholy album. It's quite a sad album. Um, and it, it's kind of him reminiscing a bit on life as well. There's one track that really struck me, and it's called When the World Was Round. Um, mm. And it basically, the lyrics kind of go, um, you know, I liked, I liked everything better when the world was round. And not in the, in the state it's kind of in now where, you know, we've got internet and everything's kind of in your face. And, you know, like well, we all know the world's flat. Yeah, and you haven't fallen off yet, right? Well, the Earth is flat, (laughs) but the world's round. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, I liked it when it was round. Good. (laughs) It is a lovely track. It's a really nice track. Yeah, it's quite a mellow track.
there's a couple of stompers on this album as well, you know. Um, the, the first track's called Big Mouth. <laughs> and it's, it's very tongue-in-cheek, and it is about himself. Um, and basically, yeah, he, he, he's not afraid to kind of say what he feels. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an album about kind of getting older and, and looking back on things. Um, and I guess, you know, when you've kind of come out of a relationship, you're in that bit of a kind of sad bastard state in your life. Really. <laughs> you start kind of reminiscing and looking back on things. So it kind of, yeah, as I say, it struck a chord with me. Um, I think it's well worth a check. Um, go and have a listen. Uh, and also uh, Read Them and Weep, which is another sad one. It's quite a raw track to listen to. It's just him and the piano. Um, but, um, Good title. Yeah.
say it was a bit of a renaissance for him the album before it was really good and the couple that came after it were, were, were pretty pretty good albums as well this one for me was the peak of it so yeah shrunken heads um go and check it out i've just brought up a picture of ian hunter on google mm-hmm. and you won't believe this boys but there that is uh, the greatest american hero with a guitar. It is so. It Isn't is it? so. Totally yeah. Now, for our, for, yeah, for our younger um, listeners, yeah. Ian, would you like to describe what that was about? What what reference is that? What, the greatest American hero? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm too young. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, a, I was, yeah. Sorry, mate. It was about a singer-songwriter called Ian Hunter that was trying to learn how to fly. <laughs> it wasn't I've, I've certainly heard of Ian Hunter He's big in the UK, massive Yeah, um, I'm just having a look at the people that played on that record um, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco or Yeah, back yeah. Tracks yeah man That's right, yeah um, You go and, go and Google He's he's got his photographs with Def Leppard And all sorts of people yeah, yeah. I he's saw him um, I, I was lucky enough to see him. I mean, he, he played at the at the Freddie Mercury tribute because uh, Mott the Hoople took Queen out in '72 on tour, and Queen was supporting Mott the Hoople, and it was their first yeah. American tour as well. So it kind of gave him a lot of exposure. It kind of really started to break them through, um, and they've kind of remained friends and stuff down the years. But it was the first time in probably twenty odd years that Bowie. Mick Ronson and Ian Hunter would all play together and they did all the young dudes. Um, and sadly, I think it was actually Mick Ronson's last gig because he died of cancer the following year. Um, mm. But um, yeah, that was the first, it was the first time he kind of came on my right radar really. Um, mm. But um, yeah, I've really enjoyed kind of delving into some of his back catalogue and finding some of his stuff. As I said, I'm not that big a fan of the Mott the Hoople stuff, but his solo stuff, yeah, it's really cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, welcome, guys. Okay, he's left. We've got Ian, haven't we? Yeah. Right. 
Uh, We've got a couple of minutes, so what we'll do is minutes. we'll, we'll Make fit it you in and we'll flip you over onto the B side as well. Yeah, sweet ass. Well, uh, good evening, listeners. I struggled with 2007 because uh, I was pl- being a dad, playing daddy, and uh, wasn't really listening to much music. So I asked the boys to choose me an album, and Martin gave me uh, Raising Sand by Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. Just, hey, and just out of interest, how old was your boy in 2007? He, he was four. Now, he was four. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool age. That's a cool age. He yeah, was that's four. a cool age. Yeah, he was. No. You're just trying to catch me out there, bro. I was. No, he was. He was. Yeah. Are you listening? I, lo- <laughs> I love you, Riley. Uh, so he's a yeah, good kid, that one. I, he's a good kid, and I wasn't really listening to much music. Got to be honest. Um, so it was nice to review something that I probably wouldn't really kind of listen to. Um, so when I think of uh, Robert Plant or uh, Rob. I, I tend to think of uh, what was that band? Rob. Was Rob. My mate. Yeah, it was in this little my band. Mate, Rob. Uh, it was yeah, well, I think of Led Zeppelin, right? And uh, I think of uh, like loose lyrics and lots of screaming and high-pitched notes that make your soul want to burn, which I quite like. And um, yeah. And it was nice to hear him on this album kind of sing properly, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's actually singing. He is, yeah. Yeah, and it's tasty, it's mature, there's good melodies, it's kind of controlled and graceful. (laughs) Controlled? You mean controlled? he's he's singing as opposed to... Yeah, yeah. Right. he's he's been on a real musical journey. Eh? I mean, he didn't just sort oh, of, yeah. unlike Jimmy Page, who just seems to live in the past of Zeppelin, and yeah. would probably love to stay in that world forever. Whereas, um, wow, plant, plant, plants just kept on going, and you know, mm. he's the main reason why there's no reunions and stuff like that because he's actually like, I've been there, done that. I'm on to other stuff now. Having fun. That's that's what what's that, Martin? And he's having a lot of fun doing it as well. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I love about the... That's one thing I like about this album is that you're listening to a man who's matured into his music and he's not trying to reach high notes that he can't do and just sounds like shit. Now, he's done something different and it really suits... Mm. I think it, it suits him, you know. It's more like a, it's more like an elevator to Starbucks than a stairway to heaven. <laughs> I just, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's good. Martin wants to use that for his next album. You've got to yeah. patent that or trademark or whatever the hell you do, mate, because that's oh, that's, that's going to get taken. And, cool. and that would be, and it'd be the worst title for an album to come out of Wellington. People were like, "Oh God, the coffee sounds oh. awful." <laughs> <laughs> we all you know it's get a, like, and we elevator all know Starbucks. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And we and we and yeah, it's a good tongue in cheek album, isn't it? Title. <laughs> and we all know the Wellington scene <laughs> for coffee is um supreme. Absolutely. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. And you haven't talked about the other person that's important on this record. Yes, yeah, Raising Sand. So Alison Krauss is the other, yeah, the other half. And I uh well, Alison Krauss, here we go. She's had 14 albums. I've not heard one of them. Um 
and I don't know anything about her at all. Uh, so how could I describe? I think the best way for our listeners would be, uh, I think um, she's an amazing singer. Her voice is really sweet. Uh, she's again, she's quite, she's mature, you know, um, soft with a touch of sherry. It's a bit like a whiskey. <laughs> it's, it's a bit like a 10 year old Bowmore. Well, interesting. She was born in seventy-one. Was she? When, at the year, and and so you know, Zeppelin were on their probably second or third album by then, if I'm not mistaken. Right. At least. Um, I mean, she's. Um, I think she's cool because I did a bit of reading up on her, and she likes Foreigner, and she likes Leonard Skinner, and she likes ACDC. So I like her. There you go. Um, there you go. Yeah, thank you. And so the songs I've chosen, I've got um what did I choose now? I chose Killing the Blues, which Dave's gonna play now. Leaves were falling just like track i think because it just reminds me of some sort of like memphis uh sort of bluegrass slow bluegrassy kind of beautiful harmonies it's a bluegrass album right if you yeah, if it's you a very like bluegrass rootsy, rootsy yeah um that's the first song and the second song which was uh let your loss be a lesson which mm. is a really cool song it's just jj kale all over it that kind of, you know, that that groove, uh, which I love. I love JJ Kale's stuff. Once I had myself a good one. 
and yeah i think as far as an album goes it's it's pretty calm it's uncomplicated it's melodic it's probably my gin and tonic kind of album get a gin and tonic put that on um it would be nice actually to listen to the album with headphones i reckon Mm. yeah dim lights low lights did you like it yeah i liked it yep i think i think you should put it in your collection if you've not heard it you should go and get raising sands uh and put it in your collection it's a nice album it's a great chill out great chill out album good recommendation yeah it's not too bluegrassy you know like not too steve early it's it's nice yeah good excellent yeah nice right yeah thanks for that man no thank you for for listening to (laughs) anyway right moving on guys so let's get into our movies this week 2007 there were some interesting movies in 2007 so um so let's go back to the start glenn yeah so a kiwi movie for you eh? yep um eagle versus shark I mean, what a great title! Right, I made it right there. That's got my attention. Eagle versus <laughs> shark, and, and in reality, is what would win. Um, I don't know. Probably shark. Probably depends yeah. where the fight takes place. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, you know, that just that. Just if that, it's on a bar, if it's on a bar. Water. Well, yeah, if it's on or, a bar, or if it's on land, if, if it's yeah. right, yeah, if it's right on the coast, and the <laughs> eagle can lift the shark up and carry and drop it on the beach. Game over. Yeah. Look, that's the, that's, yeah. and that's the absurd sort of humour that sort of runs a little bit through this film. It's <clears throat> Taika Waititi's first major film. Um, and again, what was really cute and fun about it was that it was set in locations around Wellington and Titahi Bay, out in Neb- Potirua. So, I mean, oh, I'm a bit of a sucker for seeing... Uh, ourselves you know locations you know well on on screen um so that was pretty funny um it's a romantic comedy um a rom-com alert <laughs> it's a rom-com <laughs> sort of not a very... conventional rom-com by any means uh, no no it, it's described he thought it was a little bit like um it isn't a romantic comedy rather than a slightly dark amusing tale with a bit of love in it which is probably more it. Um, and he said that when the atmosphere is tense and uncomfortable, that's when we need to feel the need to laugh the most. So that's where that sort of humour comes from. And he says he likes finding the lighter side of tragic. Um, for me, it's a, it's got all that sort of quirky Taika Waititi sort of humour in it right from the word go, which has now become his trademark. Mm. Um it, it is another loser film, and we have talked many times here on this show about loser films and how much um, joy they provide to me. Um, and it also had a really cool soundtrack to it as well. Um, now, for people who haven't seen the film, I'll give a little bit of a synopsis. Um, it's about two, two people. The two protagonists are Lily and Jared. Uh, Lily is quiet, awkward loner who doesn't fit in anywhere, but that could change. Uh, Jared is a warrior in his own world who thinks he's brave and powerful and is blind to Lily's adoration, but that could change. Lily crashes Jared's party and ends up in his hometown and lands a leading role in his hell-bent plan to beat up his old high school bully. 
Um, they tackle a strange family, strange friends, and only to find the real Poe maybe in the mirror. Um, so it's very, very funny. Jared is a complete loser um, when he does actually find the bully um, and confronts him. The bully says, I'm sorry. Um, but Jared still wants to fight him and he still gets his ass kicked. Um, and that's funny in itself. Because it's Jermaine, Jermaine Clement, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, that's right. And and yeah. and the bully is in a wheelchair, so Jared still gets wasted by a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, it's one of the most oh, awkward fight scenes you ever want to see. And it and doesn't it, he doesn't he turn up for the fight with a pair of nunchucks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel nothing wrong with that, Martin. <laughs> so it had all oh, these quirky, it had all fight. of these quirky things oh, that they're really, really funny. It's also mostly <laughs> kind of quite tragic and sad um, about how much of a loser this guy is and how much of a loser his family is. Mm. And Lily redeems, finds redemption by, you know, I'm maybe not as bad as I thought I might be. Um, and and toughens up because of his just appalling behaviour. Um, there's, you know, Lily's probably the most redeeming character in the whole thing. The rest of them are just so weird and funny. And, I remember um, watching this movie with my, <laughs> with my at the time English wife. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah and she just she thought, what the is what is going on in New Zealand? I'm never going to visit there ever. <laughs> I was laughing the whole way through it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, well, that's the humour of it, eh? And, oh, you know, great movie. Um, yeah. And New Zealand, we were pretty hard on it. it. You know, it didn't do so well. And Oh, really? I think New Zealand, New Zealand is, uh, actually, you know what? I reckon New Zealand fans are probably one of the worst. We're pretty tough to please. And yeah. only when it does well overseas, people go, oh, that was actually quite good. Or maybe it is that good. It's like, well... Like, I love all that. It, I love all that early stuff, boy, and um, yeah, well, yeah. That's a really good. I even like Foot Rock Flats and all that stuff. You know, it's like, for example, when TVNZ um, uh, turned down Flight of the Concord. Yeah, that's right. They turned mm. down Flight of the Concord. Flight of the Concord. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that, my my when I first came to New Zealand, which was was two thousand and eight. Um, my introduction to Wellington on the plane was watching both series of Flight of the Concords and Eagle versus Shark on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, you were set. You were totally set. So I got here and I was like, sure, bro. I was ready to go. <laughs> so, <laughs> everything I needed was to a... know about Wellington, I learned in, on that flight. Um, it, it was yeah. either that. It was either that, or I'm not going. I'm not moving from <laughs> yeah. Dubai. Get back, jump off. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Again, just really, really funny, um, mm. but sad funny, kind of a little bit dark, but also tongue-in-cheek funny. And, um, you know, I can see why Phoenix Foundation and Taika have been working and collaborating for years on their films. Mm. On the films. I just, um, I, and it, not on that subject as well, just the cast as well. And, the, the, you know, the cast members that he's got in there, again, he's just, like, collaborated with them over and over and mm. over again, you know, even bringing mm. them to, into, like, the the four films and the Marvel stuff that he's doing. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. I love the fact that he's yeah. done that. Yeah. Um, and it was co-written by um, the, the, the woman that acted as Lily, um, which was really cool. So really, um, you know, this, this star is born um, or beginning to be formed when 
you get a film like that and i think you know probably it's quite endearing um so yeah it may say a lot about the humor that i have um it the, the album the soundtrack album um then I mean, there's there's the score itself by um phoenix foundation um but then there's a whole bunch of different other songs um so there are reduction agents which are a tremendous um they were a tremendous new zealand band um and they've got a couple of songs by them on it um and that's a fantastic record um and M Ward does an amazingly cool acoustic cover of um, Let's Dance by David Bowie, just quiet acoustic song, and it's just heartbreakingly brilliant. Yeah, um, I, you know, I, I, I was kind of hope that like Taika will come back and do um, another another movie over here. You know, now that he's kind of well, made it big time. But um, <laughs> I, I did hear this morning actually that he's coming over and he's going to do. Um, they're doing a remake of Time Bad. And he's and it's a series though, but he's directing the uh, the pilot episode over here in Wellington. So uh, mm. fingers crossed, my agent gets in touch and I get a, a bit part. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's my film choice for this week. Anyway, okay, moving on, oh, David. Cool. What have you got for us? Well, I'm going to again follow Mr. Thurston on a similar um, theme. I've gone for another independent or indie film. I don't know where I, whether Glenn, whether you put me on to this one. I, or I believe so. Yes. Juno. Yeah, 2007 Canadian indie film. Yeah. I, um, so I watched this back then and uh, watched it many, many times. Um, it's a wonderful film. It really is. If you haven't seen it, um, go and see it. It's, it's quite original. It's very original in terms of the plot and the, um, and the way it sort of, some people just don't you either get it or you don't it's very similar to eagle versus shark you either I've, I've read people's reviews and they just don't understand how the film i don't see the flow they don't understand the plot um and but the, the majority but by far the majority of reviewers um absolutely love it and it by it's not hard to work out it's pretty obvious <laughs> <laughs> it's got a good Rotten Tomatoes rating, 94%. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the plot is, um, so it's about a teenager girl that hooks up with uh, a guy, uh, gets pregnant, um, and she's, she's 16 and decides um, she, she wants to have an abortion to start with. And that's sort of first, you know, first half an hour is about her sort of coming to terms with that and talking to her friends and stuff like that. And then, you know, she, she goes down to the abortion clinic, can't go through with it, and decides to adopt it out. And, and the story sort of um, picks up from there and um, follows, you know, the emotional roller coaster that she goes on to through the, you know, the, um, through the pregnancy and, and with the, the, the father of the baby who she's still very good friends with. And um, <laughs> it, it really is, a, it, it's a, it's it's a coming of age movie, I think you'd say. It's something similar to what we had in the eighties with Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles and that. It's that sort of age group and about, you know, learning about life the hard way um through these sorts of experiences. Um it did amazingly well at the box office, right? So mm. um it had a budget of six and a half million. Um and it made that back in its first twenty days. Um that went on to make 231 million. So, you know, it cost six and a half. 
brought in 231 million worldwide um you know it's it's mm. highly acclaimed now by by critics mm. um and fans i'd like the, the movie's adorable right the characters are brilliant juno and bleaker who are the two protagonists um really well cast and um you just uh you do you, you feel for both of them and it's such a unique sort of story or the way they tell it um got a, a great soundtrack so it's another one of those movies that has a very indie sort of soundtrack to boot moldy peaches do a lot of the songs on there and um and uh michael sarah and ellen page um uh do a bit of a cameo too on on the lead track um which is nice but totally out of tune kind of why it's nice You're a part-time lover and a full-time friend The monkey on your back is the latest trend Don't see what anyone can see in anyone else But here is a church and here is a steeple We sure are cute for two ugly people Don't see what anyone can see in anyone else both have shiny happy fits of rage I want more fans, you want more stage Don't see what anyone can see in anyone else But always trying to keep it real Now I'm in love with how you feel I don't see what anyone can see in anyone else But I kiss you on the brain in the shadow of the train Interestingly, the lead actor, um, uh, Ellen Page, um, she um, she came out in 2015 um, as being gay, and in 2020, or 2020 or 21. Um, uh, came out as being trans, uh, transgender, and mm, Elliot. turned to Elliot. Elliot Page. Hmm. Is she? Um, she's a new. She's a new Hulk. Well, mate, I, I don't know. Maybe she is because she is an eight pack now. There's a picture of her online. Um, of how him. Can, sorry. How online. can you have? How can you have an eight pack? Is that physically possible? Uh, yeah, I counted it. <laughs> These days, man, you can have how many packs you want. Well, oh, I mean, he's spoiled it on free. I'm no, sure I've got a few buried in there somewhere. Yeah, mate. Deep, deep down. <laughs> deep, deep, deep down. Oh, I've got the whole deep. cake. No, 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 not that deep. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm totally. Um, he's ripped. And a, and a great performance in that movie from J.K. Simmons as a dad as well. Not mm, that great. J.K. Simmons oh, yeah. doesn't really do bad performances, but he's fantastic in that. Yeah, totally. and I think you know that goes back to the whole thing, um, a cracker story, um, told in an interesting way, um, will smash out any of the sort of the blockbustery type stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, the originality yeah. came through strong. A eh? good film. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Thanks for that. Okay. So my choice this week, I have gone for a 2007 buddy cop action comedy 
And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we just talked about awesome, and now we're going to buddy cop. But it's not your typical buddy cop action comment. <laughs> so I've gone for the movie Hot Fuzz. Um, yes, which tremendous, is tremendous, tremendous. <laughs> Great movie. Yeah. yeah, and um, if you haven't seen it, um, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? It's time to reassess. Because mm. go and watch Hot Fuzz. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a great fabulous. movie. It's, it it's the second part of um, what they call the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy, which started with Shaun of the Dead and finished oh. with The World's End. I've um, seen Shaun of the Dead. Oh, right. my goodness. Right. What, you didn't like Shaun of the Dead, David? I saw it with you. Yeah. You didn't like it. Well, He was lying the whole time. You've changed. Oh, my God. David, what was wrong? What is hmm. wrong with you? Many things, mate. I don't know oh my start. god! You didn't find that funny. <laughs> I remember. I remember sitting. Was it with you and Mackie? I don't know who it was, but oh. And and yeah. Anyway, this is on Hot Fuzz. I'm just <laughs> looking it up now. Oh my goodness. Anyway, so oh, uh, David, the film. David. Yeah. You know. So the film is set in a in a sleepy English town uh, in the West Country of the UK. Um, and it's basically uh, centers on two police officers investigating a series of mysterious and gruesome deaths. Um, the film um, was directed by Edgar Wright. Um, and um, he really kind of did his research on this. So he actually wrote it with um, Simon Pegg, um, who is the main star in the movie. And between yeah. them, they watched like 140 action movies as research. <laughs> <laughs> uh, many of which they actually stole like specific <laughs> scenes or shots from to put into this movie to make it really authentic in that respect as wow. well. Um, yeah. And they also, although saying that, they also spoke to over 50 police officers as research as well for it. Um, and I think it was basically for police to actually tell them, actually, the, t- the times that we actually go out with a gun and actually get to blow people's heads off is actually quite slim. And most of the times, actually, sort of <laughs> sat, you know, having a cup of tea and, uh, and doing desk work really, um, and it's quite m- mundane and boring. Um, <laughs> so those elements do come across in the movie. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's quite. Um, it has its moments of gore, <laughs> I have to say, much in the same kind of um, vein as uh, Shaun of the Dead. Um, but um, at the same time, yeah, I think it's taken to such an extreme <laughs> in terms of, that it, you can't help but kind of laugh at it. It's very tongue-in-cheek and very funny. Um, does have a Kiwi connection. I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's a cameo in it from a certain Mr. Peter Jackson. Um, oh, no. Yeah. I didn't yeah. that. So um, early on in the film, uh, keep an eye out for a Santa Claus, a drunk Santa Claus. Yeah. And that's, uh, <laughs> All right. that's Mr. Peter Jackson. He had a little, little bit part. Um, yeah, was it, filmed, was it filmed in New Zealand? No, no. it was filmed in the UK. Okay. It was filmed yeah. in the UK. I think he was okay, doing look. Lord of the Rings at the time and was sort of in the UK doing, you know, the, either the score or something because that, that was all recorded in London. So I think, you know, he was kind of back and forth quite a lot across the... Across. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a very, very funny film. Um, some great... Um, a great supporting cast in it as well. You know, you've got people like um, Jim Broadbent, uh, Paddy Constantine, Bill Nye is in it, uh, Bill Bailey is in it, <laughs> uh, Olivia Coleman, um, and the list kind of goes on and on, really. Um, Timothy Dalton's in it. Timothy Dalton plays uh, yeah. 
the slimiest supermarket manager you will ever come across. <laughs> and he's quite, quite brilliant in it. He really does play the part. Um, and yeah. it's and it's all set in that English village, you know. It's yeah. very um, village green preservation society. Um, yeah, quintessential Englishness, and it's just wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. I watched I watched this movie with my ex wife as well, and I watched it in Lanzarote when we were on holiday. And um, Lanzarote, what's that? Lanzarote. Uh, Google it. And um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does that Martin, Martin even spell it? Yeah. And, um, yeah, and she she just thought it was really stupid. And I and she went and it's a warm place, so she went out for a walk, and I absolutely loved it. That's probably why we didn't stay married. And um, yeah, <laughs> this that, one and film. Eagle versus it's Shark. That one film. <laughs> this one, two films. Two films. That's it. That, it's, it's over. Yeah. Strike two. Yeah. Mate, Google doesn't know where this lands. Rotty thing is. I don't know how to even spell it. <laughs> how do you spell it? It's a Balearic Island, L A N Z. Yeah, that doesn't even help. Balearic Island. It's, it's really nice oh, with cheese on it. Lan L A N Z A R Oh, Spanish Island. Yeah, but it's yeah. just full of English people. There's no actual oh. Spanish people there, I don't think, anymore. Nah. It's uh, just English. English. Yeah. yeah. Great if you want to fry up on a Sunday morning. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> Happy hour was... from, from 10 till midnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's in the Canaries. It's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were in the old town, which is quite Spanish. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, not a bad. It's nice beaches. Yep. Yeah. So if you fancy a holiday, go to Lanzarote. You know, just, just whilst we're talking about movies. <laughs> <laughs> and on that topic. <laughs> Yeah, don't go to Gran Canaria though. I got I got uh, all my money stolen when I was in Gran Canaria. On oh yeah. no! And on the second day of my trip, second day of my did holiday, you, did you get mugged? No, some bugger broke into my hotel room. Ah, oh, suck. Yeah, damn, it did suck big time. So there's lots of grovelling phone calls back to the UK and see if I could scrounge some money from mum and dad um, to mm. actually uh, eat. You know, and survive <laughs> <laughs> until so it's literally had like another two weeks until my plane kind of got back. So, uh, yeah, it did put a little bit of a taint on that trip. Mm. But anyway, that's the Canaries for you. Moving on, <laughs> <laughs> right? Who's left? Uh, Ian. Ian. Yeah. It's me. I'm the lucky last. Uh, so I suppose over the time that we've been doing all these reviews, uh, uh, the listeners probably have worked us all out, right? They probably psychoanalyzed all of us. And oh, um, really? oh. I reckon, I reckon. I yeah. Scary, scary yeah. thought. So I'm a bit of a rom com. I quite like a rom com, a good rom com. Who doesn't and, like uh, a rom com? Yeah. Damn. I agree. I and agree. I'm a bit That's of a, a rom com and a sci fi man. But uh, I do like a little bit of. Guy Ritchie slapped in there and a bit of Tarantino mm-hmm. and a bit of gangster stuff. So I chose Death Proof for my movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's a great rom com. That's the grindhouse um, stuff, eh? Hey? Yeah. The grindhouse. You got yeah. it. Yeah, man. Love the shit. <laughs> and I chose this because it's got a New Zealand connection. It's got um, Zoe Bell's. The yeah, um, she's got a leading part in there, which is really cool. Um, main actor Kurt Russell, 
yeah. And loads and loads of hot, dangerous women. And I like movies like that. So um, basically, I'll give you a little rundown. I'm pretty shallow. You guys no, it's, an, it's, it's epic. It's just, it's pure pulp. It's just it's so pulp. much fun. It's pulp. Yeah. It's escapism uh, pulp. It's brilliant. Well, it's an, it's an action. If you've never seen it, it's an action horror movie. So if you don't like uh, horrors, and I don't like horror movies, and I don't like thrillers that much. Um, I don't really tend to watch them because I think to myself, oh, maybe I could do that. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I got I got a lot of issues. You you, you could be the you could be the victim, or you yeah. could be the psycho. Maybe I want to eat you. Well, so handed, like I'm like, uh, this recording yeah. into police after the show. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! I just did this. Honor. yeah, I just the the kind of movies I don't really touch on, but um, this, but this one I I just I stumbled across it. Uh, I think I watched it the year it came out, and um, yeah, it it's got fast cars, uh, lots of stunts, a really good soundtrack. And you know, we noticed a lot of the movies that we um, that we review, they've all got really good soundtracks. You notice that? Well, we're, we're we're drawn to it, eh? Mm. Um, yeah, the music runs strong in all of us. Yeah, you, that's yeah. right, Obi One and. Um, it's i mean it really is a good soundtrack it's if you get a chance to check it out death proof soundtrack's good um it's a little bit messed up as a movie but there is a little twist at the end which helps with not feeling so messed up um zoe bell's amazing uh i think it was tarantino's on google it said that it was his the first movie that he was credited for as a cinema photographer Cinematographer. Mm-hmm. So, say that after a few beers. And didn't um, he write? He wrote the part specifically for her as well, didn't he? I think it oh, wasn't. Yeah, I think mm. she was kind of his muse for this movie, really. Well, yes, oh. big time, big time, eh? Right, and and it's so cool to watch her act as well, because you know it's like it's the stunt person who's now got the front lane. You know, yeah, we don't need to worry about leading lady. We've got the stunt person, and she's awesome. And She's then, a really good actress, actor. Yeah, brilliant. Hmm. So that's my movie, Death Proof. I just kept it short and sweet. I think it's a fun movie. It's a bit gory. It's got a nice twist. It's If you like cars and stunts and um, that sort of stuff. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. It. Man, look, hmm. all the films tonight are amazingly fun. Hmm. Yeah, I could, yeah. I yeah. did say it was a good movie. I haven't <laughs> seen Juno. I need to watch Juno. Yeah, that's it's a good one. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Enjoy it. Oh, yeah. so 2007. Yeah, no, what a good year. Um, there were some really good records and really good films. Yeah. I struggled more with the uh I struggled more with the music on this one. I think the movies was like, yeah, man, I've seen loads. Probably because of the lifestyle at the time, right? Watching a lot of yeah, movies. Exactly. Yeah, young you kids. Were, you would have yep. been like listening to the wiggles and stuff. Yeah. Teletubbies. Sesame oh, Street. Telly, was it Teletubbies? I think Inky Winky, Pinky, yeah, Winky or whatever. Yeah, horrible. I didn't really like that at all (laughs) with my kids. But you know, like I liked the Wiggles because you know they played instruments, and Murray played a good guitar. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm proud to say I've seen the Wiggles twice. 
so we've got we've got a little bit of time left, guys. Has anyone kind of uh, has anyone picked up any good music recently? Anyone picked up a good album? Uh, yeah, I got um, the Arcade Fire's new album. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best album, but I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, and there's particularly a song that oh, it's touched my heart. Been a parent. It's called Look Out, Kid. And I'm just digging that song at the moment. It's got some lovely words that you want to say to your kids. And, and it's got, you know, cute little chorus to it. And it's got that bombastic over-the-top arcade fireness to it, mm-hmm. um, which you either love or you hate. And it's kind of a band I've got a love-hate relationship with. I saw them live. And the music sounded good as long as you didn't look at them. What are they um, called? The Arcade Fire or Arcade Fire. I've never and, even heard and, of them. And, and they were just a freaking rebel on stage. And who, how the hell they were able to turn that cacophony or that visual mess into an make you know, quite a good production. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, I watched some of their live stuff recently and went, eh, I don't like watching you guys, but I like listening to your records. So, yeah, yeah, I really like that new one particularly. Yeah, well, so, so other than their Look. live visuals, what about – how do they sound <laughs> live? Oh, they're, they're, they're themselves, sort of, um, okay. sort of, sort of anthemic, sort of songs get big, and there's okay. lots of people on it. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Funeral was their big album from I think 2002, and yeah, that that album's a, a standalone classic. Everything else sort of pales into insignificance. But um, I really like the new one, and it's certainly proggy. Definitely concept recordy type stuff. So, you know, that ticks a few things for me and awesome. it's kind of parenty, um, parenty vibes. That's, that's a genre now. <laughs> I don't know, but you know what I mean? It's just, the, you know, there's songs sort of written genre. for your rock. And, <laughs> yeah, sort of. But, um, I, you know, if David Bowie thought they were cool, then who's to say that they're not? Anyway, so I'm enjoying that. Um, yeah, that's quite fun. I got a I got a really interesting one last week. It's um, it's an album like sound effects. It's a nature album, and it's kind of like surround sound. It's really cool, and um, mm. I was really enjoying it. And the first side, it's like all wasps <laughs> and like flying insects, but mainly wasps. And oh. I thought, oh, this is really cool because it just kind of like buzzes all the way around your head. But something and, didn't sound right with it, and I couldn't work out what it was. That was a real wasp in the room. You got stung. <laughs> they were, no. no, they were playing in the key of B. No, <laughs> actually, it was actually because I found out that I was I was listening to the B side. Oh, oh, oh no! This is you. You oh. This is tragic, Dad. Oh, hell, that's so bad. You've been waiting all night to say that. I know he has a <laughs> saving that one up. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going through a little bit of a dead uh, rock. Low... Dead rock. <laughs> Let's get some dead rock on. Tell some more dad jokes. Why not? Welcome to Dad Joke Podcast. Well, we could do a dead night just for fun. Okay. I could be a dad joke. What do you All call right. a what do you call a queue of people outside a barbershop? Customers? A barbecue. 
It's a dad joke. <laughs> my dad, my dad came up with one the other day. He said to Jess, um, "How do you get um, um, Pikachu onto a bus?" Pokemon. <laughs> oh my god. No, can we stop the show? Please, can we run out of time now? I'm going through a uh I'm going through a little bit of a uh, actually musically going through a little bit of a, a lo-fi kind of phase in the last couple of days. Um digging some lo-fi stuff, you know, really um Nice grooves. You ever heard of a band called Le Impatrice? No, to say that without is that, is that near Lanzarote? <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> they're from Lanzarote. Um, they're, I think they're French. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <No> shit! <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you've got, you, you've got a bit of a slur going on there, mate. You need to get yeah. some. Oh, funny. I'm in a whiskey. They're what called, they I'll tell you in the New Zealand word, in the New Zealand pronunciation, learn Patrice. <laughs> learn Patrice, mate. Which is actually learn Patrice. Do you know, I knew a girl once and I played a song and uh, it was by Super Tramp, right? Give a little bit. And uh, I do it at gigs sometimes. And she said, Ian, I love the way you play this song. And I said, oh, thanks very much. And uh, the was French she, have the... She was an Italian cool. gangster, was she? <laughs> she was an Italian gangster. <laughs> she, and the French have the best way to say super tramp in the world. Super they say <laughs> super tramp. Yeah, I was like, oh, God, Eloise, say that again. Super <laughs> I'm like, oh, super tramp. Oh, yeah. You put that in your mix. Put that in your mix and smoke it. Martin, you can no make words. a song out of that. I have no words. <laughs> Martin's gonna make a song out of that. Thing. <laughs> and we'll put that, that up on the on the um <laughs> that little one you did last week oh, was really good. <laughs> terrific. Oh, oh thank goodness, less than one minute to go. Yeah. <laughs> did you put that on the Facebook thing? Hell no. <laughs> oh, you should. No, no I want money. I need money first, guys. Like you're gonna have to pay. <laughs> If I was a flower growing wild and free, all I'd want is you to be my sweet honeybee. And if I was a tree growing tall and green, all I'd want is you to shade me and be my leaves. Flower growing wild and free, all I'd want is you to be my sweet honeybee. And if I was a tree growing tall and green, all I'd want is you to shade me and be my leaves. All I want is you, will you be my bride? Take me by the hand and stand by my side. All I want is you, will you stay with me? Hold me in your arms and sway me like the sea. 